Hi, it's Grant. Before we get to the episode proper, I wanted to drop a quick content warning. This bonus episode is all about the film Heathers and the musical adaptation that will be part of an upcoming Riverdale episode. For those not aware, Heathers is a film with stark depictions of heavy shit and colors its characters through their often flippant reactions to it, uh, primarily teenage suicide and suicide attempts. We also talk about eating disorders and date rape and probably a few other things I'm forgetting right now, and the entire story revolves around several different kinds of abusive and toxic relationships. Uh, while the film primarily communicates its point in the dissonance between action and reaction, uh, the musical softens the impact by using its songs to turn the focus on internal and interpersonal emotions. But now I'm analyzing instead of content warning-ing, uh, so I guess it's time to actually start the episode. Here goes. No, we are not pulling on your dick. This is a Riverdale recap podcast. And in this... Well, maybe you're not. <laughs> and in this special bonus episode, we are talking about Heather's, Heather's the Musical, and the upcoming uh, Riverdale episode, Big Fun, where they perform Heather's the Musical at Riverdale High. A Heather's trio. Yeah. Where else have you gotten that? <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, we'll call one Chandler, one Duke, and one McNamara. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's right. There, There is no uh, episode of Riverdale airing this week. They will be back next week along with our regular recaps. But this is just here because it, it fits right in the schedule because we really wanted to give the episode that has been keeping me awake nights <laughs> since it was announced some room to breathe. <laughs> Yeah. Get some thoughts out so that after we watch it, we aren't talking for five hours yeah. about these things we're about to say. Is, is this, this is like your Joaquin. This is my Joaquin. <laughs> so yeah, so, some weeks ago, they announced that there would be another musical episode following last season's uh, um, Carrie the Musical-centric episode. Mm-hmm. And they announced it the exact same way with, with a cast list, yes. which we're going to get to eventually. But first, let's talk about the source material, Heather's the Film. Which I only just watched for the first time last week. It came out in 1989. It was written by uh, Daniel Waters, who you may know as the scriptwriter of Batman Returns, Demolition Man, and the much more recent Vampire Academy. Nope, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and directed by Michael Lehman, uh, who directed Airheads and 40 Days and 40 Nights. Oh, and because I said so, the one movie I have seen in whole before this. <laughs> uh, but the two of them did return to collaborating with Hudson Hawk in 1991. Yeah. That, that classic Bruno vehicle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our, our stars are, of course, Winona Ryder and Christian Slater doing his best uh, Jack Nicholson impression. Christian Slater, it just blows my mind <laughs> what he looked like as a little itty-bitty baby. 
And a, an equally itty-bitty Shannon Doherty. Yeah, she's almost recognizable or unrecognizable because of how young she is. Yeah. She's like, she hadn't quite, like, hit her, like, adult look yet no. in her face. No. So it's almost like, is that her? Is it? I'm not, <laughs> I think it is. I'm not sure. Winona Ryder hasn't changed. She no. looks exactly the same. She looks just like she does in Beetlejuice and uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. Yes. And Christian Slater looks like a 19-year-old trying to be Christian Slater. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? He did. He succeeded in being Christian Slater. <laughs> he did. So, darling, uh, would you care to, to tell us about what happens in Heather's? It's it's weird. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of shoulder pads. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, a lot of croquet. Yes. It made me question whether this was like an Alice in Wonderland trip for a while. But so Heather's is not about Heather. There are three of them. There are three Heather's. It's not about It's centrally. about Veronica. Veronica Sawyer. Who hangs out with the Heathers mm-hmm. with a lot of croquet. I don't understand the croquet. <laughs> it's it's a metaphor for their privileged position. I still don't understand the croquet. <laughs> also, it's, it's, it's a game get, where you like, can choose to, to just play uh, f- friendly or be cruel to your uh, opponents, which is really important in that later scene with Betty Finn. I, I, I get how it's used. Mm-hmm. I could just see a lot more tennis. This <laughs> okay. was the era of tennis. Okay. A yeah. lot of rich people playing tennis it or stretch, badminton. It stretches verisimilitude. You, you don't think that a 1989 teens were all about the croquet? No. Okay. I don't. But yeah, so Veronica has been uh, part of the Heathers group and an honorary Heather, I guess. In all but legal name, she is a Heather. Yes. Uh, for... Years. An unknown amount of time, presumably years. Uh, and she is starting to struggle with her relationship with the Heathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wants to be the popular girl that they are. Yes. And all those perks of it. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't necessarily agree with all the ways they handle... The unbridled cruelty. Yeah. Mostly to others outside the group, but often within the group. Yes. Heather Chandler, the the queen bitch, uh, polices everything Heather Duke eats. Yes. Hence why she has an eating disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Then a a new boy comes to school. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Veronica's all like, hey, new boy. I like the way you pulled a loaded gun on uh, some of the boys at my school. Yeah. We should go out. (laughs) Because nothing turns me on more than a loaded gun. It turns out to be true. It does. It's um, So then, after a party mm-hmm. where Veronica ends up puking. On the, the useless college boys that uh, Heather Chandler was trying to set her up to have sex with, because yeah. that's what you do to be popular. Yes. She gets made fun of mm-hmm. and really doesn't want the Heather to exist. No. And so then, Christian Slater's all like, well... You could, like, kill her. Yeah. She's all like, I couldn't do that. But she could. But I couldn't do that. And then through some mixed up cups of one that was supposed to be, like, juice and one that ended up being Drano. Veronica uh, is trying to play a a gross out prank to get back at Heather. Yes. Whereas JD is trying to play the let's just kill her. She's awful and deserves it game. 
Instead of taking the gross-out drink, she gives Heather the Drano. Well, he technically does. The the blame is very ambiguous and complicated. Yes. Instead of taking a sip and being like, hey, this is gross, she downs the entire drink and, and then dies. Instantly seizes up and crashes through the glass uh, coffee table in her bedroom, scattering shards everywhere and her copy of Sylvia Plath's The Bell Jar. What bugs me here is that took multiple swallows. <laughs> To get down. She could have stopped at any time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She wanted to die. She was blowing useless college boys all night. Those taste buds don't work. Don't take mysterious liquid don't from people. Don't take mysterious liquid from people, kids. You heard it here first. <laughs> Veronica, through Christian Slater's coaching, I don't remember what his name character name was. JD. JD. Through JD, edging on, writes Heather's suicide note. Mm-hmm. Because Veronica has this talent of being able to copy anyone's handwriting. Yes, she's she's a skilled forger, which they use for for pranks. She, she's, yes, the the Heather's often put her up to writing steamy notes to someone from someone, but it's not really from them. And oh, look at the chaos! Yeah, they they find Heather, they find the note, and then Heather becomes like a martyr. Yes, because wow, the popular. Rich girl had feelings, and no one understood her. Mm-hmm. We now understand. <laughs> and everyone's talking about how awesome she was, and suddenly taking like really nasty things she did and turning it into a positive light. Uh, Heather Duke gives, I'd say, at least a dozen uh, news interviews to, to every channel in the state. Yes. Uh, people are, are hitching their wagon to the life of, of the late Heather Chandler Yes, uh, to, to capitalize on her, her tragedy. Yes. Because people are awful in this movie. Every last person is awful. Uh, and now, suicide is the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Kind of. The, the number one song in America is Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It by Big Fun. Yes. Well, then one of the unpopular girls who has been made fun of a lot does try to commit suicide mm-hmm. and fails. All and the so, popular kids are like, oh, she's trying to be popular like us. <laughs> she's only ridiculed more for it by, by being the, the one person who's actually in need of help. Yes. This is skipping the, the second murder. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I just yeah, remembered. Right. Uh, After Heather Chandler's funeral, yes. uh, Heather McNamara is trying to date one of the football boys, but he'll only go out oh, yes. if the other football boy uh, can come as a double. So she... she uh, pulls a, a grieving favor from Veronica to double date these guys. They they wind up cow tipping, and uh, Heather McNamara is being date raped in the background of this shot as Veronica just walks away, leaving her to it uh, to see JD and and go chat with him instead on the top of this hill over the the filthy filthy cow field. Yes. And then the next day at school, uh, everybody's talking about how the the two football boys had a sword fight inside Veronica's mouth. That's right. Mm-hmm. So then... Because everyone she, in this movie's fucking awful. So then she plays into that and is all like, oh, how did you guys know that was always my fantasy? Let's meet in the woods and we'll do that. Mm-hmm. So, she believes that their plan is to just 
prank and humiliate these two. Yes, JD, her and JD. JD has assured her that uh, he has these special bullets that look like the, the person has died, but it's just a powerful tranquilizer. Veronica's an idiot. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a real thing, but he tells a convincing enough story. Uh, so they meet there, and she's all like, okay, here's your spot to stand, your spot to stand. Now take off your clothes. She pulls a gun. Yes. And JD comes from behind a tree with the other gun. And he shoots the one guy right in the head. And then the other guy takes off running. And then JD runs after him. Veronica is starting to figure out, wait, no, these are real kill people bullets. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yep. But then when JD uh, uh, herds the the loose one back like a sheepdog, Veronica does shoot him right in the neck dead. All yes, the same. Yes. And then uh, there are some cops nearby, so they have to run off, get in their car, and pretend to be making out. While the cops uh, find the forged suicide note that says the, the two of them were in a suicide pact to cover up their forbidden gay romance. Yes. And they also become martyrs to the cause. Yes. These uh, incredibly homophobic characters. They, they're pretty sizable supporting roles up until their death. Yes. And practically every line they say has the F slur in it. Yep. Uh, they're, they're just awful. But now they, they are a sign that we need to love one another and, and follow the example of these brave boys. Yeah. And, and their ridiculous funeral, they're buried in their football helmets and pads. Yes. Uh, has the immortal line, I love my dead gay son. Yes. Well, throughout all of this, we also find out that JD's family is kind of fucked up. Yes. That his dad blew up his mom in a building. Mm-hmm. His dad is a professional, like, demolitions guy. That, that's yeah. his job, demolition and construction. But his mom was in one of those buildings. Yeah. JD is sure she knew exactly uh, what she was doing. And his dad maintains it was an accident and they should just get over it. And they're fucked up. Yes. Um, meanwhile, there's also a lot of stuff going on with, like, the faculty mm-hmm. who are all like, well, all, we can't let children out of school early because someone died. <laughs> um, but then there's the one teacher who's all like, this is a chance for us to all feel things together. Let's have a pep rally about sadness. The hippie teacher might be the worst person that doesn't commit actual murders or crimes. Yes. In this film. Uh, she, she is trying to become a national news star by just tearing her own student's grief open for her own benefit. Yeah. Uh, her, her big be-in, feel-in event that she, again, invites local news to is such a fucking circus. Yeah. Meanwhile, what's happened is the one Heather mm-hmm. has, like, taken over he- as Heather, the Heather. Heather Duke, the, the put-upon one. Yes, has become the Heather. She has seized the red scrunchie of power uh, and, and the... begins dressing in Heather Chandler red. Yes, because yes. they are they're color-coded. color-coded. Uh, the other Heather McNamara tries to commit suicide and is stopped by Veronica. Mm-hmm. Veronica is all like, I'm not gonna do any more murders with you, JD. The whole second act is a lot of push and pull between them. So she like pretends to hang herself in her bedroom. Very quickly, I'd say. Because he's sneaking in to kill her? Yes, he he is sneaking in to convince her to go along with his big final grand plan, or failing that, 
kill her so she can't stop him. And he's been practicing her handwriting. Yes. And so he thinks she's dead and is very upset and leaves. And reveals his grand plan to her because what's she going to do? She's dead. Yes. Uh, And after he leaves, then her mom comes in and like finds her hanging there. And then she's like, oh, wait, no, mom, I'm not dead. (laughs) I'll be down for dinner in a minute. It's fine. <laughs> it is an improvised uh, harness. She did a good job she with that a... improvised harness. Yeah. Just like uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. JD's plan is to blow up the school. Yes. During the pep rally uh, and kill everyone. Part of Heather Duke's rise to power was him pushing her to fill that vacuum. Yes. In exchange for, for his support, he just asked her to, to spread around a petition. And get everybody in the school to sign it, to have big fun come and perform at prom with their number one hit single, Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. Yeah. It's pep rally time. Veronica shows up to stop JD, who is rigging explosives in the boiler room, which is right below the gym. And then they end up having a big fight, Mm -hmm. uh, lots of hitting and punching, and then some shooting off of fingers. Yes. Also, that petition was actually... A giant shared suicide note from the entire school. Missed that little (laughs) fact. Big, big fight scene. Mm -hmm. Battle of wills. She thinks she shot him? She has indeed shot him. Well, she did, but she thinks like he's dead. So she like walks out very bloody outside the school. And then he comes out outside the school very bloody, but not dead. When he was shot, not yet fatally. His collapse, uh, when he was about to come at her with a switchblade, he tripped and stabbed through the wire to to kill the bomb. Yes. So the bomb in the boiler room can't go off. But what we find out when he's outside is he's also, like, wearing bombs. Yes. And uh, so then he explodes outside the school. With with a final farewell as uh, Winona Ryder is covered in soot and grime and blood. Uh, she she lights a cigarette that is already half burned from from the the blast. And so then she she goes back in the school where everyone like what the hell's going on? And she goes up to her her old friend, not her old friend Betty. No, the total outcast Martha. Yes, uh, who failed to commit suicide earlier? Who's completely outside the the structure of high school life? Yes. And uh, asks if she wants to watch a movie with her on prom night because she doesn't have a date. Like, Martha probably isn't going because she's in a wheelchair. Yeah. And very broken. She's in a neck collar and a motorized wheelchair. And it's not like anyone. foot and. Not like anybody was planning to ask her anyway. That's kind of the point of the character. Yeah. She's practically inhuman in the view of this social structure. Yeah. So so now they they go off walking through the halls of the school with a friendship forming. Yeah. The end. The end. Bizarre ass movie. <laughs> As I said, I'm, I had never seen Heather's. Mm-hmm. I knew it was about popular bitchy girls. Yes. I didn't know there was so much death. <laughs> also wasn't prepared for the type of language they use in this movie. Oh, yeah. Which is a very different type of language that's not allowed today. No, even from even the bad guys can't talk like that anymore. You're not allowed to make films that use that type of language anymore. <laughs> and never mind your antiheroes saying it almost as much, but you know, in in a ridicule way to make fun of the the actual homophobes. <gasps> wink, wink. It's a little hard. It's, it's a, little a little hard to like 
especially at the beginning, very jarring. And you're like, oh, f- my God, so, what what is am I getting into? I think there is a clear line, though, between the, the film Heathers and the television show Riverdale. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's the clicks of high school. Right. And driving that into such uh, almost farcical relief. Yeah. Color coding your characters. Also the the fun um, Easter egg of the former friends being named Veronica and Betty. Oh, yeah. And their last names, Sawyer and Finn, taken from Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're, they're named for two of the great pairs of friends in American literary history. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's the film, 1989. But they aren't reenacting Heathers, as far as we know. No. They're doing the musical. Yes. So we got to fast forward to 2010, uh, the, the first... Uh, staged readings, 2014, the the first um, off-Broadway performance of Heather's The Musical. Which I only just listened to today, three times in a row, to prepare. Music, lyric, and book, all credited to both Lawrence O'Keefe and Kevin Murphy. Uh, Lawrence O'Keefe, all you you theater heads may know from uh, Legally Blonde, the musical, Mm -hmm. which uh, went on to have a Broadway run, uh, unlike Heather's, at least so far. Yeah. Uh, And Bat Boy, the musical, which is just sort of... One of those fun little... It's like a cult musical. Cult things. I mean, yeah. It's it, got a cult following. It's based on Bat Boy from the Weekly World News. Yes. I, I wouldn't expect it to have much crossover appeal. Uh, Kevin Murphy, the screenwriter, his stage work, uh, of course, includes the Reefer Madness musical, but he's more known as a television writer. Uh, he was head writer and producer for several years of Desperate Housewives. Mm-hmm. Desperate Housewives uh, had some musical theater connections already, since every episode, except about a dozen or so, is named for a Stephen Sondheim song or lyric. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the hundreds of episodes they had. Well, and also Legally Blonde the Musical, also, too. You didn't mention that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Which, Legally Blonde the Musical does have some great-ass music in it. <laughs> Gotta say. It's not a show I'm sh- I don't think I ever want to see, mm-hmm. but some really good music. I love the song where uh, all the girls have found out about that he's going to propose. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> but TV writers don't just show up as head writer on a successful, long-running daytime, uh, uh, primetime soap like Desperate Housewives. No. They have to come from somewhere, like uh, working on, on Ed, or even before that, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. Oh, yeah. But his first job was The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. No, his first job was Big Brother Jake. Mm, I'm going to say his first job was The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, even though it's false. So weird. He was involved with so weird. (laughs) If you listen to history, honeys, think back to the Eastland disaster episode. I talk a lot about So Weird. But for, for all of you who grew up watching two different Sonic cartoons, this is the goofier, cartoonier one uh, with I'll, I'll Get That Hedgehog. And uh, then the really incongruous PSAs at the end where Sonic says, watch out for people trying to touch you in, in your swimsuit zone. Now, the, the musical changes a lot. Yes. It's it's better. <laughs> it's in more a lot pleasant. of ways. Um, but also, things annoy me. 
there, there are a lot of small changes just for, uh, you know, fitting it on a stage yeah. naturally or making things flow a little better. Like um, JD is locked out of the room in the song where he's talking about his plan to blow up the gymnasium, mm-hmm. uh, which gives Veronica more time logically to rig up her fake hanging uh, harness. Yes. Which is a nice bit of um, believability. Yeah. <laughs> But I think the biggest change comes right at the beginning. Uh, The first song is Veronica's origin story as Uh a Heather. She's not a previously existing Heather. (sighs) She instead joins the clique. So overall, I'm in love with music from Heather's. (laughs) I want to see it. My big problem is this change. It makes it essentially a different story. And a lot of the smaller changes waterfall from this decision. It completely changes her character. Mm -hmm. Because here's the deal. In the movie, she's been a Heather for a long time. Thus, she has been a bitch for a long time. Yeah. And yeah, she goes along with stuff and gets herself involved with things that she doesn't want to be involved with. But the movie really showcases that she's not a good person. She's more self-aware than the Heathers, but maybe that makes it even worse. She's aware that she's not a nice person, and she still is not a nice person. And yeah, she stops him from killing everyone in the school, but she was still involved in everything else, and she's still not a nice person. (laughs) This, like, the Heather's musical version... There's a chance that she becomes one by the end, by by seeing the, the consequences of either sticking with her life as it was, or JD's yeah. uh, anarchistic, pointless violence. Yes. But up until then, she wasn't. Right, right. The musical changes it to where she's a nice person mixed up in things. Mm-hmm. And immediately takes steps to rectify it. But those steps involve a, a psychopath and things get out of hand. And this really... Really bugs me. (laughs) Her character is not a good person. No. Great character, I'd say. Yeah. (laughs) But a bad person. But it completely changes that dynamic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it completely changes everything her character does and the motivations behind it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot stronger in the movie, the character's development, battling with like what she goes along with. Mm -hmm. Ideally, like becoming a better person. (laughs) Uh, another big change is that uh, Martha and Betty are rolled into the same character. Yeah, which is annoying. Like, like I was saying, what, one of the big themes that I really enjoy in Heather's the, the movie is that at one point, uh, Veronica tries to reach out to her old friend Betty and finds that Betty is just as invested in this uh, structure, in this structural violence of teenage popularity mm-hmm. as the Heathers are. She, she's not at the top of the pyramid, but she's holding up the pyramid actively. And that is communicated to us through the metaphor of croquet. <laughs> yes. She, she does not understand why Veronica wouldn't knock her ball into oblivion when she has the chance. That's just the way the game is played. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in uh, Heather's The Musical, the, the old friend that is left behind, the uh, butt of the, most of the jokes that, that tries and fails to commit suicide, those two characters are rolled together and they, they keep the Martha name. Yeah. And they add more uh, uh, personality traits that Martha, film Martha, doesn't even have. She, she just is a name and being overweight. That, that's all you get yeah. That, because you're only seeing her through other people's eyes. That, that's, yeah. that's all they allow her to have. 
Yeah. Uh, whereas musical Martha is uh, childish and girly and she loves ponies and rainbows, which is something that's going to get you picked on a lot in uh, junior year, especially in this school, I suppose. Yeah. So I, th- I think that, uh, I mean, it changes the themes a lot with, without that tension between those two characters. Well, now there's only one character. So it, it's a big change. It messes a lot with like the school dynamics of the little bit of insight you get to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big uh, change that I really enjoy that I think could only work in a musical is that Heather Chandler stays a character even after she's yes, dead? Yes, yes. <laughs> that took me. That it took me till my second listen to catch on to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh, we got Ghost Heather." Yes. <laughs> Ghost Heather is giving commentary on what is happening, and I dig that. She she gets joined by uh, uh, the the football bros as sort of a, a Greek chorus by the end, chanting Veronica's oncoming doom. Yeah. Which is sonically very good and, and also character-wise. But in the film, we get one dream sequence with Ghost Heather mm-hmm. uh, at the fake funeral of Second Heather, who doesn't actually die because, you know, dream sequence. Yeah. Uh, but that's a real trippy one when they're all wearing the 3D glasses. Yeah. And everything's like colored cellophane. Yeah. Oh, man. Dreams used to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What if they did a dream sequence like that in Riverdale? Yeah. What if, like, there was a dream sequence that I, happened in the episode and, like, that's what they did with it? In the Big Fun episode, yeah. I would die. That'd I would great. love it so much. I would love if they, like, because they are doing the musical, if though we got some, like, weird... Film references? Film references like I, that in I style. I have thoughts. I have thoughts and theories uh, toward that direction, believe me. This is why he doesn't sleep at night. Yeah, I, and why you keep rolling over on the dog and she keeps <laughs> growling at you in the middle of the night. I'm not going to say I don't deserve it. I'm going to say I don't like it. It's going to be a turning point when she just bites you. <laughs> She's only 13 pounds. You're going to kill her. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the, the other changes, I think, go toward making um, this story more like a lot of other uh, uh high school movies and high school stories mm. there's less of a barrier to entry like yeah. it, it isn't a, a college frat party that heather just takes veronica to it's a big high school kegger that all of the named characters are at yes and, and just l- little things like that that make it more like all the other teen stories you're kind of expecting to see and they change a lot of the language they change a lot of the language Still not, don't listen to this at work, but yeah, much more appropriate. It, it's interesting what they had to change and what they uh, decided to keep. Yeah. Like, JD doesn't initially impress Veronica by pulling a gun on a pair of uh, jocks at school because that doesn't have the same uh, meaning anymore. No. You, you can't have a character pull a gun at school and have anybody in your cast be like, ooh, you know, no. you can't do that. Mm-mm. It doesn't matter that it's still set in 1989. You can't do it. The, your audience will not accept it. Instead, it's, it's a big slow motion punch em up fight scene. Yeah. While, while she sings about how her heart is moved by this bass example of masculinity. Why, when you see boys fight, does it look so horrible yet? You're so right. But speaking of songs, let's talk about some of our favorites and some that we do or don't expect to, to see in the episode. Okay. 
I would expect the opening number, Beautiful, at least some parts of it, to be in the show. Yeah, probably not all eight minutes. Probably not all eight minutes, but it, it might even open with it the same way they opened with uh, In from uh, uh, Carrie, the musical, last yeah. year. It was a good opening. Don't uh, If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good opening to a show. College will be paradise if I'm not dead by June. But I know, I know, life can be beautiful. It does the job. It introduces you to the premise and the characters and some of the musical themes. I think In is the better song between the two, musically. Yeah. But I've got my opinions. You don't have to like them. Yeah. Candy Store. I love Candy Store. One of my favorites. It's so good. This is the the song where uh, Heather Chandler and the other Heathers beside just sing about their outlook and how they are gleefully uh, hateful and and petty. Yes. (laughs) This this song will be in it. Yeah. Yeah. I like skipping Jim, scaring her, screwing him. I like killer clothes, kicking nerds in the nose. Get, Get with us or get kicked to the curb. I don't fucking care. Yep. Uh, in a re- early drafts, there was a song about them like justifying, you know, what they do and trying to convince Veronica until they realized, well, that, that's not who Heather Chandler is. No. She is the way she is, so you get in the truck or go. Yeah. Uh, Fight for Me. Not a great song. It's an okay song with good moments. It's like... That's the, the least... lowest praise I'll give to any yeah. song in the soundtrack. It's like... Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's just it's just not much of anything. Uh, but I might expect to see it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a lot of these songs are very plot centric, especially yeah. in the second act. Yeah. But this is one that, that you could stretch to fit, you know, anyone else. who is yearning for another character. Hey, could you hold my... And if that isn't five different people on Riverdale, I don't know what is. Yeah. Freeze Your Brain? I love this. This is a song about slushies. Yes. About slushies and, and also and, well, uh, JD's nihilism. Slurpees. Slurpees, yes. But the, the film could not get the 7-Eleven rights, but the musical went ahead and named 7-Eleven anyway. Yes. But they don't call them Slurpees. I think he says slushies. Yeah, I think they they carried that over from the film because some of his slushy lines became kind of quotable and iconic. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this song. I like that he sings about how you can always count on a 7-Eleven. Yeah. Each store is the same from Las Vegas to Boston. Linoleum aisles that I love to get lost in. And it's true. Do do you think we'll see this song? Yeah, I I give this a 70% chance of showing up. 70% chance, okay. Uh, Big Fun, the the band Big Fun is, as far as I know, only listening to the music, not in Heather's the Musical. Mm-hmm. But instead, they, they use that name for the big house party song and also the name of the Riverdale episode. Yes. <laughs> the folks are gone. It's time for Big Fun. Big Fun. We're up till dawn having some Big Fun. Big house party song. I could see there being a big house party scene. Yes. Yes. Cast it's, party. It's been a long time since Jughead's birthday. We're owed another one. It's time it's time for a party. Cybers and Secrets and Sins. Folks- it's just it's just tell us something. That's all that game is. <laughs> it's tell us a thing. We we rewatched the, the Midnight Club recently, so the wounds have been reopened. Yes. There's nothing to that game. 
you you don't get punished for not saying something. It's like an honor system of like you will. <laughs> uh, Dead girl walking. Another uh, of you know my a list of songs in this show. The, the reprise is my is favorite. Your, your absolute favorite. Okay. Yes. But this is the first one where uh, Veronica is is wandering around, not sure what to do with the, the 48 hours she has until her, her social execution. Yes. And so she decides, I'm going to have some wild sex with that angry drifter kid. Yeah. And, and demands such from him. I need it hard. I'm a dead girl walking. I'm in your yard. I'm a dead girl walking. Well, and I like the reprise because that's when she's like, yeah, I'm dead, bitches, but I'm back. Because everyone thought she hung herself. Yes, yes. I love it. No, nothing left to lose. Let's let's go prevent mass murder. Yeah. The me inside of me, I think they have to have because I don't think there's a Heathers without this scene. Yeah. This is the scene where Hippie Teacher first tries to, to play herself into the spotlight by having all the students read the forged suicide note mm-hmm. that also turns Heather, the absolute hollow, hateful monster, in, into a saint. Yes. Which is repeated they, with the, the football bros. This will be a big one. Yes. A big number for the show. If they didn't have this song... It would be a tribute to Heather's the Musical where the kids aren't putting on Heather's the Musical. Yeah. That's the only way I could really see them doing it. Yeah. And maybe the episode will only barely have the kids actually putting on a musical as the plot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I doubt it. I think yeah. it's going to be in there. Yeah. The next song, Blue. I love this song. Yeah? I do. <laughs> what? What's Blue about, dear? Blue balls. Yeah? Yep. It's just do, do it's they, just a song from the two football dudes talking about how their balls are blue. How often do they talk about their balls? This entire song. How often do they say the word my ball? They long for your embrace. They're warm like mittens. They'll curl up on your face and purr like kittens. A lot? A lot. A lot, a lot. of times. <laughs> Not expecting to have this on my favorites list, but I really like it. It's a really funny song. This is when I should start to talk about the different versions. Yeah. So, like I said, Heather's came to uh, uh, Off-Broadway in 2014. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you find a a cast recording right now, it's going to be from that cast, from that uh, version. But it uh, just recently, in, in the winter of 2018, concluded a West End run mm-hmm. in, in England, in London. Yes. That's and where the West End is. Yes, it is. And in the, the intervening time, they, there have been edits to uh, lyrics from some songs. Some have been added. And Blue has been replaced. <gasps> taken out and replaced. What? Bullshit! Uh, it started when they had to write the the high school safe version, so you can understand taking out an entire song where a pair of men <gasps> sing about their balls explicitly. I'm not okay with this! But in that moment, they also took the time to realize, we wrote a song about date rape that is actually really funny and endearing to the date rapists. I know, it's terrible, but I still... <laughs> And their intended victim only gets one line and has no agency. Yeah. So they they just... You just made me feel really bad for liking that song. (laughs) Darling, I like the song too. (laughs) Okay. 
I uh, don't like it about what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> it's really catchy. They uh, replace it with a song called You're Welcome, uh, which is Ram and Kurt, the football boys, still trying to uh, pressure uh, Veronica and the Heathers into sex that they do not want. But they, they take a much more... Uh, you should be thanking me for wanting to have sex with you against your will tone, uh, which paints them as much clearer bad guys. And Veronica has a larger part in the song. And rather than taking the film route of just stalling for time and getting them uh, so drunk they, they can't follow her, she actually busts out her, that's my purse, I don't know you. Bobby Hill. Self-defense class. Yeah. And, and, and physically defends herself. Are they allowed to name the song that? You're welcome. Yeah. I don't think Moana has a copyright. But like, there's going to be a lot of confusing parents out there when they try to like, my child's obsessed with Moana. I need to download your welcome. Fuck. In the, the West End, and, and I should say all changes made to that, that, that is now the version that is going to be in all productions forward including the addition of a song called Never Shut Up Again, which is the moment when Heather Duke seizes the red scrunchie and all it represents and takes her place as queen bitch of Westerberg High, which is a moment that, that didn't have a song and kind of calls for one. Yeah, that I get. <laughs> and I get the problems with the blue ball song, mm -hmm. but it's a really good song. <laughs> the reason I bring this up is, though, what, what, which, which one are they going to go with? Are they, if they have either, that will tell us exactly how serious the rights owners to Heather's were when they said all future versions. Okay, could they have a scene where, like, one of the characters starts singing the blue song and then Kevin's like, no, 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 no we're no, not no. doing that version. You listen <laughs> to the wrong album. We're doing this one. Uh, I'd be okay with that. That does remind me the the West End cast album is coming on early March. March 1st, I want to say? Well, I'm not going to listen to that one. Some, something with a single digit number. Very early March. But Act 1 ends with uh, Our Love is God. Yes. Uh, Our Love is God. The the plot part is the, the shooting of Ram and Kurt. Yes. And uh, Veronica being party to an intentional murder. There, there's no going back now that this is crossing the second Rubicon yeah. after killing Heather Chandler. Yes. Do you think this song will be in? I think the non-plot parts have a much better chance yeah. of being in it. Uh, I, uh, the, the parts where it is just about J.D., uh, singing about his changed philosophy now that Veronica's love has awoken, has thawed his heart and awoken something monstrous inside him. Yeah. We're the asteroid that's overdue. The dinosaurs will turn to dust. They'll die because we say they must. The, the, the cork has been popped on his murder champagne. Goodness. <laughs> Uh, can't talk about popping corks during not, this. Not after blue? Nope. That is one metaphor I don't think they used. I don't think they did. They used all the rest. Your Welcome does reuse at least one rhyme I can think of from blue. You're welcome. You, you're welcome. The, the you were geeky and nerdy, but now you're dirty rhyme. That That is in both songs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine You're Welcome from Moana. 
Very. But, like, applying context of this <laughs> to it. Uh, very different tune, I tempo, see what's happening everything. here. <laughs> You're face to face with greatness and <laughs> You don't even know how to feel. It's adorable. <laughs> it's nice to see that humans never change. Open your eyes. I'm very Let's skeeved out. I'm incredibly skeeved out. It could happen, though. That's- it fits. You, with the right... That's a surprisingly date-rapey song, if it's what's... If you oh put the God. context on it. Oh my God, what have you done, Lin-Manuel Miranda? I've blown your mind right now, huh? What did you make Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> do to me? I told you, it can... It, it fits if you put the right connotations on it. Oh, I'm dying inside. So then there's... Face to face with greatness. Yeah, my balls. Yeah, uh, look at them. <laughs> look at my balls. I like the part where they compare them to Princess Leia. Uh, <laughs> then we get intermission in the show. I don't think they'll do intermission in Riverdale. Uh, then we come back with, in, in the great tradition of big act two starters that oh, yes. aren't necessarily important because some people are coming back from the bathroom, but are definitely big crowd pleasers. Oh, yes. We have my dead gay son. Oh yeah, the song. Yes, I I want to know what our neighbors thought while I was listening to this entire album today because I had it very loud <laughs> over the washer, and uh, that was one where I was like, "Oh, someone heard that," because it comes on very loudly. This is a three minute and forty two second version of the the ten twenty second scene in in the film mm-hmm. that I think makes a lot of the same points and their diversions are very interesting. Yeah. Because in the film, you, you just have the grieving parent say, I love my dead gay son and begin to break down. And it's it's very somber. And then JD uh, smartly, wisely, but uh, socially inappropriately in the middle of the dang funeral, leans over to Veronica and says, okay, but how do you think he'd react if you know he had a living gay son? Yeah. It's not quite the line. He says it a bit more cruelly, but that's the point. Yeah. And this is a song that turns that into a big choral number. Mm-hmm. And through hearing the, the parents' cranked to 11 stereotypical view of what gay people are and gay life is, you get that same message more subtly, more, more uh, implicitly. Mm-hmm. They don't have primal hatred. There's no bigotry or person. Just friendly fellows dressed up like their favorite village and it, it's catchy it's, it's, it's very it's catchy. a fun song but what it doesn't have is veronica in the film version veronica laughs at jd's line until she makes eye contact with one of the the dead boy's little sisters yeah and she's that is when it hits her what she's done and she's devastated yeah that might be in the book that might be in the script it's not in the song no that's all i know it's not in the song yeah there's a lot of, you know, we haven't seen what happens between these songs or physically right. is what's happening during a song, which can be very hard to yeah. judge what is happening. Um, it's one of my favorite moments in the film, though. Yeah. Uh, then we have 17, which is, I believe, my your favorite. favorite song. It's a really good song. If you listen I to really our, like our Glenn Brook episode, this is everything I was trying to make in that game in three minutes, 11 seconds. Yeah. Yes. Maybe prom night.
It's a good song. It's so good. Uh, uh, do you think this will be in? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It has to be. It'll be one of the like big main things. Because while it is plot related, it's one of the less plot related things in season two. It is about the relationship between Veronica and JD. Yep. He's dedicated to his crusade. She's like, let's stop. Can't we be 17? Yeah. Can't we just go out for chili fries? Milkshake. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But the, the harmonies are fantastic and it breaks my heart every time. Uh, I'm dying for them to sing this, actually. Yeah. Uh, Shine a Light. Shine a Light is um, the, the hippie teacher's big TV yes. special version of that. Yes, um, because we have to bring the TV crew in to our pep rally about teen suicide. It also has a great moment where uh, that seems so true to Era, where the teacher starts to rap. But it's, oh, yeah. It's very like Wendy's training video kind of rap. No volunteers? Fine, I'll start. My name's Pauline. I live alone. My husband left. My kids are grown. Gonna rap about how far you should fill up the drink cup. <laughs> And when to add the ice. Yeah. Uh, there's only 42 minutes in an episode of Riverdale. Yeah. This might not make it in. Yeah. It depends on how many of the songs they squeeze in with like a 10 second shot of a rehearsal. You yeah. Know? But I'd say it's it's not likely to be in there. Uh, Lifeboat. This is Heather McNamara uh, singing before she tries to swallow a whole bottle of pills. Yes. Uh, the the Heather that was so wounded by being a member of the Heathers that without uh, Chandler keeping her in line, she falls to pieces. I float in a boat in a raging black ocean, low in the water and nowhere to go. The tiniest lifeboat. And uh, Heather Duke, her on the outside best friend, is only pouncing to drive the spike in deeper because that's what you do when you're head Heather. Yeah. Heather couldn't handle that friends ended. I love you, too. I love you. She was in the write-in campaign to keep it on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, I need my daily Chandler. <laughs> uh, then we have a reprise of Shine a Light. Which is when Heather Duke drives in that spike. It, it's very mocking. It's, yes. In the lyrics, I really appreciate that all of their mocking threats are callbacks to lyrics from Candy Store. I love Candy Store. Yeah. It's so good. I don't think we'll get this one either. It's a 42-second yeah. song. Uh, Kindergarten Boyfriend. Kindergarten Boyfriend is is Martha's song, mm -hmm. uh, where she sings about when she was really close with uh, the, the late Ram as a child. Yeah. Which is why all the, the mockery that she gets... People giggling that she could ever be with Ram hits her especially hard. Because they were friends. From people that probably don't even remember. It was kindergarten. Yeah. Certain boys are just for kindergarten. Certain girls are meant to be alone. It's a really good song. I, I appreciate that it has no rhymes in it. Yeah. I, I read an article that the creative team uh, did with Playbill, a song-by-song -song breakdown, and they said that was a conscious choice to follow Stephen Sondheim's theory that rhymes and wordplay reflect a character's uh, intelligence and wit and ability to like present themselves, mm. which are three things that Martha does not have. Ah. Yeah. Uh, yo, girl. Uh, this song to the end is practically sung through. Yeah. 
Uh, the rest of the, it's just it just keeps going. The the last four of the last five songs are basically just the the climax being sung. Yeah, and the fifth is is the denouement finale. Yeah, Yo Girl is the part where um, Veronica is being sung at by the deceased teens, voicing her internal fear that you've stood up to JD. He's not stopping. You're next on the list. Mm-hmm. Also, look at what a what a monster you are. You killed us. Do, are you sure you don't deserve it? Good question. Good question. She's not looking so well. Still, you've earned that red scrunchie. Come join Heather in hell. Uh, not going to be in it. Too plot focused. Meant to be yours. Maybe my second favorite song? Yeah. This is the song where JD confronts uh, Veronica while she's fake hanging herself, sings out his uh, final plan, and you get him at his most unhinged, his most manic. They do fun things in a lot of the, the songs, this one in particular, where they cut bars short. They, they change the time signature for one measure enough so that instead of like 16 beats per line, it's 15 because they're thinking so fast. They're yeah. tripping over themselves to get the thoughts Just and feelings and out. going and going and going. It's a smart musical technique. Yeah. You left me and I fell apart. I punched the wall and cried. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, we might get this one just because it's so climactic. It's so over the top. Yeah. Dead, the, the dead girl walking reprise here. I feel like we have a better chance of getting than the original really yes because that because that's a fuck song this is a fight song yeah yeah uh because it is the fight song i Take feel that like my right song yes it could be one of those ones where it starts as a musical but then it spreads to real life i wish your dad were good i wish grown-ups understood i wish we'd met before they convinced you life is war i wish you'd come with me i wish i had more tnt it's also got the highest belt in the whole show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Barrett Wilbur Weed, who uh, was the off-Broadway Veronica, amazing. Mm-hmm. You may have heard her I, in Mean Girls the Musical as uh, Janice. I love her voice. Yes. I absolutely love her voice. I actually really also like where they have the character of Veronica sing. Mm-hmm. Like, the middle ground of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it weighs... Characters are written, they sing, some of them sing in a higher octave or wherever. Right, right. Where they have her at, like, this is the mid-ground. I love it. It's such mm-hmm. a great place, especially with her voice, and then I think for the character, too. It's it's sort of symbolic of, of having a foot in two places. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she can hit really high, and she does, like, in that, like, big belt and everything. But so often the main female character is just, like, this crazy high you know note hitting sings in a higher octave more often yeah and i feel like it's a bit more mid-ground which is nice (laughs) a bit more edge to it that brings us to i am damaged this is the song where veronica has has prevailed no one here needs to die except jd decides yes he does there's no way forward for him he will blow himself up and they have their final goodbyes yes which is another song that really touches me a lot his final lines Mm -hmm. make me want to play jd yeah nothing in act one does that for me (laughs) but this one song like okay just to do that part yeah oh god love it and then the the finale 17 reprise i think there's a fair shot of getting this one in because it's this big, happy, major chord reprise of everybody like, I yeah. say reprise. You say reprise. Well, I say Does it envelope. Matter? Is one actually accurate? I don't think so. It's envelope, envelope, yeah. tomato, tomato. 
Okay. Thank you for admitting envelope is no. technically accurate. No, it's really after... wrong. Those people are wrong. You're wrong. But it's been 14 years. Can you let me say envelope? <laughs> no. It upsets me when you do. And you just want me to be happy, so you need to stop. Darling. What? We have known each other for 14 years. It's mid-February. <gasps> yeah. 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 Ha- happy Mwah. happy uh Meeting here for the first time anniversary. So yeah, the, the 17 reprise uh, has this big, uplifting uh, tonality, quality. It, it's a happy ending, all the same after all the destruction. Mm-hmm. But let's kick back Uh, which I think Riverdale could use as an ironic counterpoint to what is surely a tragic ending because it's the only kind they do on this show. Yep, yep. So I th- I think we might be in store for that. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, another uh, song that is added in uh, the West End and all later things that we may hear is I Say No, which is a uh, Veronica song that, that she gets sort of in... She gets nearly alone. JD has a small part in it, but it is her finally putting her foot down. No more bargaining. No more talking. We're fucking done. I'm not killing anybody, and I'm going to make sure you don't either song. Yeah. course we're only talking about songs that are in uh the cast recordings yeah uh there are other songs that that did not make that cut for whatever reason which is weird maybe they're also only 20 seconds i don't know uh <laughs> it's bizarre when you find out that there are like songs that didn't make a cast album mm-hmm, because it's mm-hmm. supposed to be all the songs like is is veronica chandler's nightmare a fun song we might hear for the first time myself maybe um. So, as we said at the top, the reason we're talking about this is because weeks ago, weeks and weeks ago, back in mid-January, so only a month actually, my how time flies, mm-hmm. they announced that this was happening in exactly the manner they announced the Carrie the Musical episode by putting up a, a in-universe cast list yes. for the musical. Now, I will remind all of our listeners that that cast list was inaccurate. It gave Jughead a part, yeah. and it gave Reggie a part that was actually played by Chuck as part of that short-lived rehabilitation of Chuck subplot. Yes, and where's Chuck gone now? Pretty sure Chuck's dead. Chuck actually graduated. They remembered he's older than the other Ah. teens. It's the only thing that makes sense. But taking this at its word, we have Cheryl Blossom as Heather Chandler, the head Heather who's the first to die. That makes sense. I think that's... I think that's good. We have Veronica as Heather McNamara, the the yellow Heather that falls apart. Yeah. Uh, and Betty as Heather Duke, the green Heather that that becomes the the as great, possibly greater tyrant in Heather Chandler's absence, which I think will be a fantastic uh, against type thing to yes. see Betty do. Yeah, because... Okay, well, let's talk... So Josie mm-hmm. plays Veronica. Yes. And, like, my initial thought would be Josie as Heather Duke and Betty as Veronica Sawyer. But this is like the against part for Betty Mm -hmm. is awesome. 
Do you think they had to make sure that neither Betty nor Veronica was playing Betty or Veronica? Maybe. <laughs> that that could be a thing. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think there's a real interesting thing to uh, explore what happened in the presumed dead and buried Cheryl Josie relationship by having them as Heather Veronica. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Pea as JD. <gasps> Okay, okay. Here's why I'm really excited. This means Josie and Sweet Pea have to have a love interest. Yes. And considering what's happened in the recent episode, this is very exciting mm-hmm. because, you know, there was that Archie Josie kiss, and I bet there's going to be a little bit of stuff developing with that. And now we're Naturally. here, and then hopefully they come back together because Sweet Pea and Sweet Pea's love for Josie is the most adorable thing in the world. I would love to see this turn up to a real, like, Josie-centric love triangle. Yeah. And, and have that be a, a thing for an episode or two. And here's the thing. Sweet Pea deserves better than he's getting now. I think it's good casting because if I was trying to cast any of these characters to type, mm-hmm. like, if I was in this school and I didn't know, you're a main character, you're a tertiary character, like, because that's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd go with Sweet Pea, too, depending on their singing range, naturally. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the part I could also see, like, Reggie doing. Yes. Yes. He's slimy enough. Yeah. he's He can bring his own sunglasses from home. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have Archie as Kurt Kelly. And Reggie is Ram. They can use their own football equipment. It's they great. They can. They can. And, <laughs> and if they go by uh, the, the stage version's costuming, characters stay in the outfits they died in. Oh my god, so they're just going to be in their tidy whiteies the whole they're time. They're just hanging out. Well, on stage, they also have bright, color-coded Y-fronts. Because <laughs> everybody's color-coded. Oh god. So, same cut. Actually, much smaller. They're very athletic. It's very underwear model oh, cut. Oh. But, like, bright colors. I'm, okay, let's go with it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> we have Peaches and Cream as Kurt's dad slash Veronica's dad slash Principal Gowan. And I don't know who the fuck that is. Thinking this over. Yeah. I think that might be one of the pretty poisons. Well, so I heard a rumor. Well, I saw a thing that was suggesting that it was was the name of a female character. Yes. Uh, but part of me is also like, wait, could that be one of like did one of Gladys's like hench boys transfer to Riverdale? <laughs> But yes, I think it could be one of Pretty Poison. Well, when I searched Peaches and Cream Riverdale, I found an IMDb entrance for a a lady actor. Yeah. uh, Who is credited in upcoming, not yet aired episodes. Okay. So she may be one of the Pretty Poisons. Okay. Uh, Also some work as a a stand-in for Arrow and other things that shoot in in like a stunt actor for something else in Vancouver. I heard the thing I saw was like this character popped up and someone was like, what if it's Josie or not Josie? What if it was Tony's sister? And I was okay, like, what if okay, it was Tony's okay, sister? I guess. But there's been like nothing that suggests <laughs> that she has a sibling. <laughs> and why is the sibling suddenly showing up like in high school when they haven't had a high school to go to for a while? Um, but Peaches and Cream will be playing Kurt's dad, Veronica's dad and Principal Gowan. Uh, we got Fangs uh, doing another handful of parts. Ram's dad, JD's dad, and uh, the the football coach. Uh huh. I mean, not much to say there. It's good he to see. He gets a part this time. Good to see. We'll hopefully see more fangs. I loved the fangs we saw as assistant director, personally. 
Yeah. 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 Uh, Evelyn has a part, and this is one of the parts I'm most excited about. Yes, it's so fitting. Evelyn playing the hippie teacher that that tries to make everybody feel real deep so she looks real good. Yeah. And gets catapulted to, to uh, maybe she'll meet Oprah. Who knows? Yeah. Tony Topaz is playing Betty Finn, which makes me... Uh, wonder if we are going with the 1989 version of characters yes. compared to the current or West End version stuff. None of the musicals, all the musical stuff, have had Betty yeah. as a named character. Like she, she was absorbed into Martha. This has a Betty, but no Martha. Let's also not forget that Kevin is apparently playing Peter Dawson. Who's Peter Dawson? Peter Dawson was one of. The other high school students, he was involved in the yearbook club. He has a few significant lines, like uh, his prayer over uh, Heather Chandler's body oh, yeah. to be accepted into Ivy League real fast because yes. he couldn't uh, handle suicide. Yes. He's uh, the one that's always like high and mighty mm-hmm. about how he's going to go to school and he's going to do this and that. And he's always like slightly above everyone, mm-hmm. but not like in the main popular group. No. In the initial news coverage of uh, Heather Chandler's suicide, uh, he was talking about how, you know, it hit him really hard because, you know, uh, the two of them dated for a while and, and he knew that she always held feelings for him. And then Veronica screams at the television, like, what a self-serving liar he is. Yes. Yes. He's one of those small characters that could be, a, has the capability of being a fan favorite. But yeah, he, he's not significant plot-wise. Mm-mm. Kevin's got the look for him, though, I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe the more significant thing, though, is that uh, The Farm is sponsoring this production. Yeah. Uh, no mention of Andrew's Construction doing the sets or, or anything. Just the, the Farm is holding a pizza party and uh, uh, supporting the production of Heather's The Musical. And uh, Jughead is doing security detail because mm-hmm. we need security detail. To make sure, you know, no one gets stabbed. Well, he is the head of a private security firm that mm-hmm. used to be a social club that used to be a bunch of pot dealers. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where things stand as they are. I'm really excited for Veronica and Betty uh, clashing as their Heathers do, much the way that the, they sort of did uh, with their Carrie characters. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping that get, this gives Evelyn a chance to to step forward and shine uh, by by being typecast as someone who who just really wants you to feel and experience. And by the way, join my cult. Yeah, uh, it's well, so perfect. So I know we were talking before about how the casting for Edgar mm-hmm. was very recent. You were saying that you didn't think we'd see him yes. soon. I'm wondering, though, if we could get a small introduction to him Oh yeah, in the audience of we, the show. We get like a button scene at the end with him bringing flowers to, to his daughter. Something like Something that. Something like that. Yeah. And that's, that's our first look at Mr. One Tree Hill. Could see it. Yeah. yeah. Here's my question. Who do you think is going to die? Maybe Evelyn dies and that's where dad comes in. Carrie, the show, mm-hmm. ends with, uh, you know, Carrie's mother being stabbed to death. Yeah. And Carrie, as performed by Riverdale High, ended with a, someone in the show being stabbed to death. Yes. Which of these kids is going to have a bomb strapped to them? Oh, I'm going to go with Reggie. 
Reggie? Gladys is going to strap a bomb to him. They're stealing my favorite boy? I've, I, Reggie taught me to love again. Well, he'll get saved, but he's going to have a bomb strapped to him. <laughs> an, an experimental surgery to reattach the 18 pieces of Reggie. The bomb won't go off. Frank and Reggie. Uh, we'll find out that Peaches and Cream knows how to defuse bombs. <laughs> Whoever she is. Or maybe it will be Sweet Pea that has a bomb strapped to him and uh, Fangs will save him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we, as we all know, Fangs is unkillable. Yeah. Yeah. He's survived so many things. What if it is Reggie, though, and then Fangs saves him because he is Ram's dad? Mm. <laughs> the familial bond grew. Yeah, yeah. It started as just casting, but then, now. then he became my true daddy. Yes. Well, who who's gonna die by uh, Drano? I mean, yeah, that that could be the uh, the murder they also they gunshot. Yeah, we have a lot of murders to choose from. Yeah, I, I feel like drinking drain cleaner and then crashing through a glass table is is a lot more the show's speed than than a bomb strapped to somebody. Yeah, I'm happy to be proven wrong. <laughs> what if what if this burned out part of the uh, cast list is a sign that it will be a bomb. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's probably what it symbolizes. We we have, uh, in addition to everybody's um, initials, uh, I think the initials that were on last year's sheet have just been copied. I think they yeah, opened they up the, the old Photoshop file. Uh, but, but we have a new EE for Evelyn, of course. But the, the uh, graffiti in the margins, we have a, a slushy. A chainsaw and yes, a burned away part and and big fun written and big stinky letters. Those are stink lines, right? <laughs> I don't think so. And uh, lips, of course, and of course. a coffee stain, of course, because Jughead got to it, I guess. Uh, what? It's on a bulletin board, though. Why is there a coffee stain on it? Jughead's an artist. Okay. <laughs> Kevin Keller had a typo. Kevin Keller did a typo. Sincerely, you director. Instead of your director. You director, Kevin Keller. <gasps> Kevin. So, darling, as yes. somebody who had the, the briefest and barest of Heather's knowledge before all this came out. Yeah. Are you excited for uh, uh, Big Fun, chapter 51, I think? Yes, I am. Yeah. I'm so fucking excited. That's good to hear. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for your excitement. Yeah. Uh, would you recommend people watch the film? Yes. It's really funny. I. It's some of the darkest humor for sure. I actually don't think it's that funny. No. <laughs> I don't think it's that great at really. Okay. Um, but I think to understand all the references they're going to reference, mm. you should. So you're really in the know when Chapter Fifty One airs. Yeah. You're, you're recommending people watch. Well, the and film. to understand like the music and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's no way I could have understood listening to that soundtrack without watching that movie. Right. Because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, in all honesty, I didn't think Heather's was that funny or great. Okay. I think I had a really hard time dealing with how, like, this was written in a different time. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of offended by a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just don't have any sympathy for these characters, including Veronica in, mm-hmm. in the movie, because she's terrible. There's so many fans. I think it's a good... I think it's a movie people should see. Yes. Because it is, like... It's influences and other things. It's an absolute watershed. But... It takes the Breakfast Club out back and and shoots them execution style. And I think part of it's too, you gotta like, think of it more as like a parody of things. Oh, absolutely. Than than 
which is hard because you know it's like the origin of certain teen movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, it's not, it's parodying stuff, but it's not parodying what it became because it didn't exist yet. I mean, it, it followed in the footsteps of the whole uh, uh, John Hughes yeah. oeuvre. Yeah. And by focusing on the, the ways that uh, popularity is weaponized rather than just, oh, we're different. Can't we just look through our differences? Like, no, you're, you're different because you are perpetuating structural violence. Yeah. And the structural violence of high school is not significantly different from what you're going to be encountering out in adulthood. Yeah. Which is a scene uh, between Veronica and her mother that I really enjoy. Yes. Usually when people complain that they're not being treated like an adult, it's because they are. Yeah. Is, is her mom's line. And that's really good. Yeah. But I would say watch it. Just... Yeah, watch it with the proviso that they're going to say some very bad words. <laughs> uh, it's, a little, it's a little hard. It's a little hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cuss like crazy. I've watched a lot of things where it's, this is just a different level. <laughs> and things that, like, you don't hear that much anymore. Mm-hmm. But also looking forward, like, Mean Girls is the PG-13 remake of Heathers. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think they went to uh, Mean Girls to, to like draw in a lot of the changes that, that they added with Heather's The Musical. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Veronica has a lot to owe to Katie Heron. Yeah, though they like... Musical Veronica, that is. Yeah, I think Musical Veronica is still a better person than Katie Herring. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> It's like bizarre. I'm like she kills people and she's still a better character and a better person in the musical. Yeah. Not in the movie, but yeah. in the musical. <laughs> it's weird. It's funny thinking about Mean Girls and um what's her name? Amanda C Fred Seafroid. Yeah, one of those. The one that can like tell um, weather with her boobs. Yeah. How that was kind of like when her career really started <laughs> and then she went on and did like Les Mis. And you're like, what? What? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's one of those careers. It's very interesting. Yes. Although I think uh, the plastics from Mean Girls, while you can see some inspiration in their individual personalities from uh, the Heathers, a lot more uh, from the popular girls in Daria. Oh, yeah. You've got They're much more Daria. The, the one that is dumber than any toaster you might find. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the one that is so high strung and absolutely devoted to, to the queen bee. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. The, the plastics are just the friends from Daria. Yeah. I love Daria. <laughs> the Daria musical episode. Now that was something. Fuck yeah. You know what musical I think they should do after this? What should they do next? They should do Newsies. News. <laughs> I was saying, because, like, after this point, they're really running low on uh, high school-based musicals that have the absurd uh, over-the-topness that I think really gels with Riverdale. Well, They've done the two. Mean Girls is a big stretch that yeah, I don't think no. is wild enough, no. but they might try. Reason I think they should do Newsies. Several things. Mm-hmm. Lots of newspaper involvement. Oh, yes. Okay. You don't want them to do Newsies. You just want to hear Jughead singing once and for all as he pumps out an edition of the Blue and Gold. I feel like they would finally get Cole Sprouse (laughs) to agree to something. (laughs) I feel like they could get him to sing. Mm -hmm. 
but I feel like they could tie that into the, a plot thing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Hiram is Pulitzer. Yeah. 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 K- Casey Cott probably knows a lot of dance moves. Oh, you mean from his brother, <laughs> who is the star of Newsies on Broadway? <laughs> Corey Cott? Yes. I think it would be fun to do, for them to do a um, historical mm-hmm. base thing, you know? like well, They already dress vintage. Just, yeah. Just dial the clock back even farther. Yeah. <laughs> They've got the suspender budget. Uh, I think it would be fun to see them do something just really, something that A, a high school would actually do. Mm-hmm. And B, it's just really Oklahoma, really corny oh, God. And, and against. They're gonna do Oklahoma. Just, just a complete dissonance with the the tone of Riverdale. Oklahoma is a good one. I was angling toward the Music Man, but <laughs> I would love the Music Man. Same thing. Same oh, thing. Oh, the Music Man would be so funny because I want to see who gets cast as the little boy <laughs> with the lisp. <laughs> Jughead. Joseph gets done in high schools. Joseph, they should do Joseph. I have the pictures to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. Or Charlie Brown. They should do Charlie Brown. <laughs> I have the pictures from that one too. <laughs> that would be good. They'd only have to cast six people, so that's good. You See don't have to worry about do. who the heck Peaches and Cream is. Not done in high school, but they should do City of Angels. They would love it with the noir factor. Yes, yes. <laughs> City of Angels, not the film. Not the film, not no, no Nicolas Cage. No Nicolas Cage, the Cy Coleman and Others musical uh, that is about a pulp detective novelist going to Hollywood to, to finally write a script for his, his pet character on the big screen. Mm-hmm. But half the story is that character having an adventure in pulp noir detective land. Yeah. Nearly everyone except the author and the detective are dual parts. So the the uh, actor that plays the film studio boss in In Color Story in Hollywood is uh, the crime boss, the, the guy that knows everybody and has his finger in every pie in black and white noir detective story. Yeah. That's the conceit of the show, and it's very good. It has some fantastic songs. It does. The Act 1 finale song where the uh, two central characters confront. Oh, it's so good. Confront one another across the fictional divide. Yes. So good. You're nothing without me. Without me, you'd go undefined. You wouldn't exist. You'd never be missed. I'd tell you you're out of my mind. We were in this show. <laughs> in case you couldn't tell from the fact that we know all the words. Also, if you want a sex song, that one has a song that's entirely innuendos. Oh, yes. About tennis. Yep. Could they do Oliver? Could they do Oliver? That takes a huge cast, and they have one. So yes, they could do Oliver. <laughs> Who would play Oliver? <sighs> Oliver, the sweet boy that's led into ruin, has Kevin. to be Archie or Kevin. <laughs> or Archie, yeah, it has to be Archie. Um, He's led into ruin. That makes sense. Reggie is the Dodger. Uh huh. Bill Sykes is sweet pea again. Because he's big. Because he's big. There are no women in that show. That's the problem. There, th- well, there's lots of ensemble. There's there's lots of characters named the Rose Carrier, <laughs> who has a wonderful solo. There's the mom. There's the crime lady. There's uh, the the Undertaker's wife. There's three women. Yeah, and then the solo for the flower lady. And the so- yeah, yeah. She's not a character. She's a, <laughs> she's a featured soloist. Yeah, there's like 
no women in that at all. So never mind. They can't do it because they got more women than men <laughs> that need parts. Why not? A bi- they can't do like any musical. Let's be honest. Why not Bill Sykes in drag? I mean, yeah, they could. Just, but... just have Veronica be be a man. She could do it. Well, she could do anything. She's Veronica Lodge. This is a good time to talk about how both musical theater and regular plays are written with more male parts. Yes. And often better male parts. And yes, every w- woman wants to be those parts. And there's like 70% women to 30% men es- in theater. Especially, especially in uh, amateur levels. Oh, yeah. I'd say that the split might be even bigger in high schools. Well, yeah, because I mean, then like, you know, the people who get careers, they get careers because those are the shows they're doing, mm-hmm. which means more men get careers out of it. Yes. Um, and women have to go be the ensemble because there's no parts actually written for them. Mm-hmm. But there's a big problem. Okay. I know you're thinking of counterexamples and you're thinking like, well, of the core, it's pretty evenly split. What about the second tier? Of characters. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's where it really starts to skew. <laughs> yeah, there's always, like, the three leading ladies, and then it just goes away from talking parts. Mm-hmm. Like... And you get closer to half again when you're with the parts that don't have names, just titles. Yeah. Again, the good parts are the parts written for men. Mm-hmm. Those are the parts that, like, I'd say 90% of my dream roles <laughs> are parts I would never get cast in. Because I'm a female. You know what doesn't have that problem? Huh. Heather's the musical. Yeah. Finally, an exception. That's some uh, uh, talk about the film that we're li- more likely to see direct references to. Uh-huh. The musical that we're going to hear the music from. Uh-huh. Some expectations from the, the episode just based on the casting that we've been given that, again, may be incorrect if precedent shows, mm-hmm. if precedent holds. And something I wasn't planning to talk about, what other musicals we might and would hope to see. We in get us seasons. talking about musicals, we go on a tangent. That's what happens. Check out our last season's bonus episode where we uh, assigned uh, audition songs to oh. each of the characters because we had a fun time talking about yeah. that. But that's a champagne cork that can't go back on the bottle. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to do that again. Aren't there there's some characters that weren't in that? Evelyn? Evelyn, we didn't do. Peaches and cream, we don't know. Don't know a thing about her. Sweet Pea involved? I don't think so. I don't think Sweet Pea was involved. Evelyn would do something from hair. Ooh, hair is one that I could see Riverdale doing. Did you hear that uh, NBC has canceled their live production of hair? No. Yeah. Nudity. Oh. They don't want to deal with the nudity. Oh. Uh, Also, probably the general anti-war sentiment. Uh, I'm surprised they got so far as deciding to do it without thinking about those things. That's why I think maybe uh, smaller returns for more recent shows. I don't know if Rent Live really burned up the charts well, for their competitor. Rent Live also, like... Wasn't live. Wasn't live. But people didn't know that until they tuned in. Yeah. But also, yeah, I think it is harder to do an anti-war story now than it was when they decided to make hair. Yeah. And that's just a matter of a few months. Yeah. Age of Aquarius? Oh, you, oh, you mean from hair. For, for, Back to the yeah, doorway to I that discussion. See, I can see Evelyn. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because she's weird. This is the party of the age of Aquarius. The age of 
Yes. I mean, it's very new agey. It, yeah. It, I mean, it became a new age anthem. Yeah. So that, I think that fits Evelyn and the farm yeah. pretty well. Or, That's um, a good call. Candle on the Water <laughs> from Pete's Dragon. <laughs> I can see All right. that. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sweet pea. Mm-hmm. What's the buzz from uh, Jesus Christ Superstar? Yes. 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 He just strikes me as a guy that's really happy to be in the ensemble and be told what the fuck to do. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. 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 Why should you want to know? Because the world is confusing. What's the buzz? Tell me what's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to like do all the voices too. All the, like he's going to echo himself. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> and uh Peaches and Cream who we don't know. Uh, Big question mark. Uh Candyman. Just, just to some going with. Just to uh, uh hedge our bets and and play the odds. It would have to be the most overdone uh, audition songs. So mathematically, I would say that she'd do uh, I Dreamed a Dream from Les Mis. Yeah, because it's one of the most overdone ones. Yeah. And so there's a good chance that she would do it. I'm rolling the dice. Okay, okay. But the tigers come at night With their voices soft as thunder uh, So we should probably end there. We should probably end there. This one a lot longer than I was planning. Time flies when you're having fun, Derek. Yeah. Just imagine that's an hour plus that won't be on our actual recap. So yeah. aren't, aren't you glad I got it out? I, I got it out of your system now. At least a bit. Yeah. I, I won't feel a need to provide Heather's background when we talk about the real episode. Yeah. I'm changing what, what Sweet Pea would do. Okay. He would do Origin of Love. <laughs> <laughs> So we're just giving all of the the serpents Hedwig songs. Did we give another? Oh no! It it was um it was Moose. We gave a Hedwig song last year. Never mind. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I I guess that is that. Uh, thanks for checking in on us this week. This off week. Mm-hmm. Next week's an on week. Back back to it. Back to the grind. Yeah. I'm excited to find out what happens with this requiem for a welterweight. Yeah. Obviously, we have a lot of love for the musical form. As long as they keep doing this, we'll keep tuning in. Oh, yeah. It is an aspect that has me the most curious about the Katie Keene spinoff pilot that has been ordered. Yeah. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. Fuck me gently with the chainsaw. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down with your feet. Sugar. Please.